Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. Well, thank you to our team this morning for leading us. I'm going to invite you now to take out your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of John. It's also uh, the passage that we're going to look at today is also in your notes, and if that's a, a way that can help you stay on track and jot down notes, invite you to do that as well. Um, this morning, we are, are going into our summer uh, schedule, our summer series uh, on the book of John, um, the, the one Jesus loved. It's, uh, there's a special bond between the Apostle John and Jesus, so much so that if you remember when Jesus was on the cross, he said to, to uh, John, um, you know, mother, child, you take care of my mom, basically. And so um, Jesus, uh, mom Mary, spent the rest of her days under the care of, of John. And so I don't know how you feel about that, but that means something to me if you're going to make that connection. Um, it's a great, great gospel. And this morning we're calling it the soft opening uh, to the, the series in two weeks. After next week, Nick will be here uh, for the Church Plant Sunday, but then Pastor Roger will give the more the grand opening to you know, unfold a little more of some of the background to the, to the gospel. Um, uh, but this morning, I'm going to invite you now to turn to uh, John 1, and we are going to use the uh, first uh, 18 verses this morning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word is capitalized because it's referring to Jesus. He was with God, and in the beginning, through Him all things were made. With, without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and this life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness of this light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world was made, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he became, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace and place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is the closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for your word as we just spend just a few moments in this meditation this morning. Pray that you would enliven us to what you want to say to us. In Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen. 
Okay, so if you were going to get a tattoo, I'm not saying you should get a tattoo, hear me right, but if you were going to get one, what would you permanently tattoo on your, on your body? I mean, it'd have to be pretty meaningful, right? It'd have to be something or someone that meant a lot to you. Again, I'm not suggesting that you should, I'm just saying if, if, if you did, what what would be so meaningful that you would want to tattoo it on your body? I mean, I, I got to say that I'd probably, you know, tattoo Susan's name over my heart <laughs> with my kids in the shape of a heart, you know. The only problem with that, you don't know what shape it's going to be in about 10 years. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, you know, I think if, if, I had to, and I, and I could. Maybe what I would do is on one bicep, I would put grace. And then on the other bicep, put truth. They mean a lot to me. This, this passage, and we're going to be focusing on just a couple of the verses there about grace and truth, is really a pivotal thing for me personally. And it's where we're going to start this morning as we have a soft start to the Gospel of John for our summer series. 14, verse 14 says this, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. At the end it says, um, The glory in the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then verse 17 says, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So it's pointing out that Jesus is full of this combination of both grace and truth. Not as only full of it, but it comes through him. It's integral. It's, it's, it's specific to, to him. The uh, law came through Moses, and then with Jesus came grace and truth. And so it seems essential to us as his followers, as those of us who claim his name, that we too are full of grace and truth, that grace and truth come through us. Not, not as tattoos, not on the outside necessarily, but from the inside. But that goes to our outside, how we speak to people, how we behave with people, that we're full of grace and truth. And understand that it's not saying that, well, Moses is over here and he, the law came with him. Jesus is over here and grace and truth came with him. And, and they don't interact. Oh, no, Jesus was real clear about that, that he was the fulfillment of the law. He said not, nothing is going to pass from the law in his, in his uh, fulfillment of it. He said, in, uh, in, we have this in verse 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have, come to abol- I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So somehow in his... In his words and his behavior of grace and truth, somehow that captures, that captures the, the law. So don't think just because you're a follower of Jesus and there's a good deal of grace that somehow now it's okay to kill someone or okay to go have an adultery because, you know, we're people of grace and we can do it. Oh, no, it, it, it's, it's part of the grace and truth of Jesus that the law is fulfilled. Every word of the law, every bit of it is still active in our lives. Let me make an observation as I've looked at myself and looked at you as well. It strikes me that by temperament and personality, each one of us tends to lean 
one way or the other on this, this grace and this truth. Some of us are stronger in the area of grace. We, we seem to have a little easier time than others um, to treat people better than they deserve. That's my definition of grace, getting treated better than you deserve, undeserved favor. find it a little easier to do that, to offer compassion to people. Some of you are more compassionate than others, more, uh, have more empathy. You look into people's lives and you can kind of see their story and you have, you have a little more understanding and, and, uh, and uh, mercy on them. You're a little easier. It's for whatever reason, some of you, it's easier for you to, to forgive. And, you know, just maybe some of you are just a little nicer than, than others. Some of you are, are stronger in truth by temperament and personality. This is hardwiring stuff. This isn't good and bad. This is you're hardwired that you more easily see the truth, and you just you can look at people, you can see at their behavior, you can kind of read through all the fluff and you know all the stuff, and you can get to the bottom line, and you you know what's what's going on, and the truth is the truth, and you know there needs to be consequences to uh, people's behavior, and there has to be uh, accountability. You're you're not inclined to pull any punches, you know to to necessarily focus on being nice so much. It's this is truth, and it's right. And that's more your inclination. Now, occasionally you come across people more mature in our faith, and I hope that's where each one of us will continue to grow, is that we'll continue to grow both in grace and truth, that in both of these areas that we will have that God-given ability by His Holy Spirit to know what mix of those in our interactions with people, when we're talking with people, when we're in circumstances, that we'll know how to put those two together. Indeed, both truth and grace are under attack in our, in our world, without a doubt, both truth and grace. Truth has been redefined. It is um, challenged at every turn. There uh, is... Uh, very few uh, people, it seems like these days, even believe that there is absolute truth and where it's just undeniable, then they just kind of re- redefine it. And that's what we're up against. And grace is under attack as well. It's, it's just made into a lot of different things, and it's mostly just kind of liberal. Now, when we look at Jesus, we see that Jesus was perfect. He was perfect at this. I want you to think of a few stories this morning. Just think about how awesome Jesus is. How he had this ability to be full of grace and truth and bring that into each circumstance. Consider the woman at the well. We'll be looking at that story on June 30 from John 4. People wouldn't talk to the woman at the well. That was forbidden, and yet Jesus interacts with her. That's a great story to see grace in action. Probably my favorite one, though, is John 8, where we have the woman who is brought before Jesus uh, who has committed adultery, and they drag him, drag her before uh, Jesus, and they're ready to stone her, and they're really, you know, they're really trying to um, corner Jesus. 
And you, you recall, this, if you are not familiar, honestly, if you are not familiar with this story, if you're new to the, the faith or you're checking out the Bible, this is a, one of the stories that I couldn't encourage you enough to read. It's in John 8, and it's just amazing. woman gets caught in adultery. The man is nowhere to be seen. I don't know what's up with that, but they drag her in front, naked before everybody, humiliated, shamed, and they're asking Jesus because the law says that she's supposed to be stoned. And one of the things that Jesus says to them, he says, hey, if any of you are out without sin right now, you throw the first stone. Oh, what a statement. There they all stand, condemn themselves because which of them can say we're without sin? See, this is grace. When we treat people with grace, it's often when we understand, listen, I am not perfect. I don't, I don't have my act together either. I have my own challenges. Maybe people don't know about them. Maybe it's more obvious, like the woman who's dragged up in front. Maybe it's more obvious that way. But when they look, it's like, hey, I, I, I don't have it together. But Jesus, he has it together. And look at how he treats her. Who could have thrown the first stone? Who was perfect in that crowd? Jesus was perfect in the crowd. He was the only one by his own statement that could have picked up a stone and stoned her to death. And what did he do? What did he do? Well, Number one, the people leave. Right? The people, all of a sudden you hear rocks falling. People just walking away. And it's just her and Jesus. And then we see truth and grace, the mix. And she says, where, Jesus asks, where have they gone? Where are they? Who, who's here to come? There's none here to condemn me, she says. There are none. And then he says, neither do I condemn you. It's an amazing statement. Some of you need to hear that this morning. You feel condemned. You feel shamed. We're going to come here to communion, and you're going to have to, again, capture what Jesus has done for you. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He takes not only your sin, but also the guilt and the shame of it as well. And then he says this, this truthful statement. Now go leave your life of sin. See, that's, the, that's the, the place where a lot of people get it wrong. They say, oh, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not any better than you, so it's okay what you're doing. No, Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't con- condone what she's done. He simply says, I don't condemn you. Now, now, as you go forward, as we go forward from this day, leave your life of sin. Leave it behind. You're dead to sin. That's part of what Christ has conquered uh, on the cross and what we'll celebrate this morning. Oh, there's so many examples, but that's an example of grace. Now, here's some examples of truth, the way Jesus lived out truth. He was not always nice to people. He had so much zeal for and passion for his father and that which was right. Right is right. True is true. He'd go in the temple and see all kinds of nonsense going on. He goes and he turns over all the tables. Does not make people happy. Not very nice. But it's his zeal, it's his passion for God and for righteousness. We have a couple of statements that he made, primarily to religious people, people like you and I, church people, when he said to them, Matthew 23, verse 27, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but in the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. That's not a good way to win friends and influence people. Well, influence people, but 
He was true. It was just true. It was right. It was righteous. Verse 33, we say, hear, hear him saying, you snakes to the same group of people. You're snakes. You're a brood of vipers. How will you ex- escape being condemned to hell? This is Jesus. See, when you see right is right, true is true, and that wells up inside of you, as you it, it's just as much following Jesus as treating someone with just all kinds of grace, but it's always together, grace and truth. And we see a man later who was probably on the receiving end of these statements, Nicodemus coming to Jesus and again pursuing him. So something about the way Jesus did it, the way he said it, it drew people to himself. And that's what grace and truth does. When we're full of grace and truth, it's that salt, it's that light, and it attracts people to Jesus because he's the one that it comes from and he is full of grace and truth. Now, grace without truth is really not grace at all. It's flattery, it's liberalism, it's cowardice. That is, when we're just treating people nicely, but we're not telling them what we see. That's, and sometimes we're just afraid of them. We're, we're more interested in pleasing people than pleasing God, and it's cowardice. It's so prevalent today. Statements like this reflect it. You should be able to do whatever you want as long as it doesn't hurt other people. Or we can find God in our inner self. I think all religions are just different roads to the same truth. It's, it's grace, but it's without truth, etc., and etc. Truth without grace. Okay? Truth without grace feels a lot and leans toward legalism and judgmentalism, kind of self-righteousness, and just mean sometimes. That is, truth without any grace, without love. So just consider, just for a few moments, a short meditation this morning. Consider that for just a moment. What's your growth edge this morning? Where do you st- what, what's your starting point by temperament and personality? Okay, do you lean more toward grace? You kind of lean more toward the true side? What's, what's your growth edge? And again, Jesus is the source. He's the one that it comes from. So we go to him again today. This, it's going to be so punctuated by what we're about ready to do in communion See, there's never a Sunday that should go by where this message, the, the essential part, the truth of this message, isn't communicated to you. I mean, we have grace on one wall. It should, you should see it, and then you should see truth on another wall, and you, it, should, it should capture you. And then what it should do, what it should do is it should focus your attention then on the cross where they come together. And that's what we're going to celebrate today. See, this is where truth and grace come together. It's, it's in the middle. It's, it's even at the floor. We're all the same. Okay? The cross is on the ground. The, the, the ground is level. None of us are different from one another. Each one of us needs truth. Each one of us needs grace. Each one of us needs to grow in it. And each one of us needs to understand how much we've received of each one. And we're going to celebrate that today in a means of grace through the sacrament of Holy Communion. 
See, when Jesus hung on the cross for us, for you, for me, for Talon, for Avery, when he did that, it was all about truth. Truth. (laughs) It was all about truth. The truth, the truth is that for all have sinned and fall short of glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. That's the truth. We deserve death. See, there's a statement. Maybe you've heard this before. You're a lot worse than you think you are. Have you ever heard that? You are a lot worse. I am a lot worse than I think I am. People want to tell, oh, no, you're good. Everything's good. Compared to that person, you're okay. No, we are a lot worse compared to perfection, compared uh, compared to God. The truth is that we're a lot worse than we know. But the second part of that statement is, but we are a lot more loved than we could ever imagine. And that's the grace. God demonstrates his love to us in that while we were were still sinners, Christ died for us. Truth and grace come together at the cross. And this morning, as we come to the, the table, this message is for each of us. Really stray away. Really try to keep away from thinking, oh, this person needs to hear this message, or I sure hope that they're listening right now. Oh, no, this one, this message, this message, grace and truth message is for each one of us. And in this morning, this morning we do well in a sober, conscientious sort of way. Ask the Lord, show me, Lord, show me, Jesus, this morning, the truth of my life. The things in my life this morning that are getting in the way of our relationship. Show me, Lord. Give me a glimpse. Please, Lord, give me a glimpse. Even if it hurts. You know, when people speak the truth in your life, even in love, it hurts. But the wounds of a righteous one, it says that they they produce something good in our life. And so, Jesus, would you show it in my life? What is it? What is it that I need to confess this morning? And leave again at the cross. And then, Lord Jesus, some of you have to pray, Lord Jesus, just show me again. Give me a glimpse again how much it is that you really love me. How much you have done all of this for me. And then, as we go into a new week, we go, we go into it with, with, a, with a, um, a passion, with a freedom with a courageous kind of attitude and, and, and a sensitive attitude to go into people's lives, into our work life, into our situations as challenging as they're going to be, and we're going to go into them with, with both grace and truth and a combination of them. Not on our biceps, but it will be in our actions, but it will be in our heart, and it will come out in our words, it will come in our, out in our actions. Let's pray, let's pray. Now that the Holy Spirit would be active in this place as we partake of communion, that this would be anchored into our lives this morning. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, it is, it's our desire to see you. That's what we sang first thing this morning, that we want to see you. We want to experience, we want to hear what you have to say to us this morning. Lord, would you whisper by the power of your Spirit into our lives the truth. Speak the truth, Lord, into our lives, I pray.
We know a hurt from you, a, a nick from you, is the best thing that we could ever have. And then, Lord, would you whisper into our lives, would you communicate again in a potent, powerful, personal sort of way how much it is that you really do love us this morning? Oh, Lord, we praise you and we thank you. And as we partake now of communion, Lord, I pray that you would continue to speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.